good recording. Welcome back to Bat Rankings, where you can come for Batman, but stay for the Anthony. I'm your head scientist, Ben Creighton, and with me as always... Hi there, I'm Kenny Wendorski. It's been another couple of weeks. Yep, yep. Yeah. What, uh, you got a new job. I did. I am no longer at Lazy Boy. Uh, I did put in... I wasn't fired. (laughs) But I was getting close to getting fired. I could sense I had never really hit my sales goals, so... Rather than have that happen, <laughs> I had been searching, and uh, so now I'm waiting tables again, but I am at the Ritz-Carlton out in Dove Mountain in uh, Marana, Arizona. Fancy. Very fancy. I'm at the Turquesa Hotel. It's the poolside hotel, so mainly, I mean, there's Mexican food, but it, mainly just frozen drinks, uh, Mai Tais, Hurricanes, margaritas, all that stuff, so... Yeah. Yeah. All right. And lots of attractive young ladies. <laughs> it is just a smorgasbord of bikini-clad young ladies. So Eight. it's it's not a bad view compared to what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> you mean people don't come in on their swimsuits to buy chairs? Once in a blue moon, you would have like a young couple. And there'd be like, you know, like, oh, you know, check out so-and-so. But then you'd realize, ah, she's married obviously (laughs) as are you i might point out i am i am i love you honey sarah love my life mother of my two beautiful children but yes i i am very happy to be doing what i've always uh well i've done for most of my life so uh nothing wrong with weighing tables and uh and it's a full-time job which is good so Yeah. yeah How about yourself, man? How you doing? I've well, I've I've been making progress on my my book cool. project. Yeah, this was an idea that you put in my head. Uh, I don't know if you remember, but I do. I well, I didn't think you would um... <laughs> actually do it. Well, yeah, it's one of those things. Like you ever had a buddy who's like, oh, "I'm really good at songwriting." Well, then you know write a song and then they're nope. like, "Well, maybe later." <laughs> so. Um, you had this wonderful idea as kind of a, a love memento to your your uh, younger brother. Yep. And uh, yeah, you I had, sent a copy, and it was amazing. Yeah. Well, I had um, what did I have? I I had the the D and D character, which is kind of where it started. That I played for a couple of years on stream. You can go look that up if you're interested. And I only realized in retrospect because this character's backstory had a lot of. He lost a lot of people, which yeah. I played as a joke. Like, yeah, you know, it's it's the stereotypical tragic backstory, which right. I just took all the way up to 11, more as a goof than anything else. <laughs> but he was always real. He was never traumatized about it. He was just like, yeah, you know, some sometimes people die and you, you grieve them and you move on. Right, right. It's just part of life, you know? Yeah. And because, you know, he's kind of this hillbilly character. It's just, <laughs> it's just his deal. And, you know, played very light, not like dark and gritty. Yes. And only in hindsight did I realize, you know, so some of our listeners might know I lost my, my brother at the age of 27. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was. I was, what, I would have been 33 at the time. Yeah. And only in retrospect did I realize, huh, I wonder if I'm trying to work some stuff out. Yeah. <laughs> and so I wrote a little article about that, which I'll link in the show notes. Mm-hmm. And I showed that to you and you were the one who said, you know, this could be a children's book. And yeah. that, that idea never really left my head. So I've hired an illustrator. I'm, I'm talking to different printers and publishers and we're making it happen. Stay tuned for more news on that front. We'll have a Kickstarter to raise printing costs and 
it's going to be a whole thing. It's but. a really wonderful story, ladies and gentlemen. He sent it to me, and I just my jaw dropped. So um, <laughs> he wanted to know what I would edit. I truthfully, I, I couldn't. Once again, I knew I've known Ben for so long. Uh, his brother's name was Kenny. Yep. My name is Kenny, obviously, and so. He was little Kenny, yep. and then and you were he, big he, Kenny. he and... got so much taller than I did. <laughs> yeah, he... he was a huge growth spurt. Yeah, I became little Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, at around the same time, you lost yeah. some weight. Yeah. So, <laughs> so um, but yeah, it's a wonderful story, and uh, thank you for sharing it with me. So, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, look for that probably middle to late next year because illustrating takes takes time and then you know the publishing process takes time so it's it's gonna be a process getting it into people's hands but that's that's what i'm doing and yeah. i'm it's been really interesting researching the process and i've got i'll, I'll show you when we're done one of the prospective printers sent me a, a couple of samples, three or four books that they've published to give me an idea of here's the different like sizes and pa- turns out paper isn't just paper. There are different weights of paper. Okay. And when they told me that over the phone, I'm like, yeah, whatever. Paper's paper. Just print it on whatever you usually <laughs> use. They sent me some samples. And once I hold it in my hand, it's like, oh no, this is the good paper. Use the good <laughs> stuff. Not this shit. This shit's the cheap stuff. What, what is this slop that you sent me? <laughs> I want that. Cambodian tree paper. Right? <laughs> but no, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, looking forward to my my goal. Knock on wood, but there's you know the Phoenix Comic Con oh, that yeah. they do every year that I've been going to just about every year. Uh, we, you and I went just as regular con goers this year. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping if I can make everything happen. In time, I'm hoping next time that rolls around, I'll be able to get a little artist Sally booth with a stack of my books that people can come and buy. That would be cool. Can chat. So yeah, stay tuned, folks. Yeah, if you can do that, I'll take the time off. I'll do it with you. It'll be fun. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) But in the meantime, so I got I got something for us here today. Let me pull it up here. We've got so the last the last couple of episodes we've been doing a little promo. Uh, yes, uh, yes. Asking people to to do some homework, to watch an episode of Hammerman. Yeah. And and give us using Anchor.fm's uh, voice message feature. If you go to Anchor.fm slash BatRankings slash message, you can leave us a little voice message. And your wife sent us one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'll be for next time because I want to do these in the order they came in and just... Barely a day before we got one in. Uh, so I'm going to play it for us here. Oh, boy. I'm, uh, all right. I'm yeah. excited. <laughs> hey, hey, Robin Ken here. And I watched the first episode of Hammerman Defeated Graffiti. I have to say it is a trip. The entire thing almost feels like it was just made 20 years too early. If Hammerman leaned further into its just surreal aspects because in this episode our main villain who is I think the only white character fascinating ends up summoning a bunch of graffiti and having it run around town alive so that we, of course we can learn the moral of the story but that combined with Hammerman's powers to animate anything and make it dance creates an absolutely surreal effect that the animation just cannot quite capture with its stilted 90s action I think that if it were reproduced today with much better animation, though, it would have a cult following. I actually quite enjoyed this episode of Hammerman Defeated Graffiti. Thanks. 
<laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, that's from Ravenkind, one of the regulars on uh, my Twitch channel. Thank you, Ravenkind. Ra- Ravenkind. Raven, yeah, uh, R-A-V-N-K-I-N-E. Okay, Ravenkind. Yeah. Very cool. Yes, so thank you for contributing to the cause of science. Yeah. So that's one. <laughs> Tune in next week. We'll play one submitted by Sarah. Sarah, that's Kenny's lovely wife. Yes, she was. She played it to me and... and a, I, I didn't know that she had watched an episode. <laughs> she explained the episode to me, and it boggled my mind. But B, she did something pretty creative with it. So yeah, so we'll we'll yeah, stay tuned for that next week. <laughs> and then if we can get a third, we've pledged to watch another episode of Hammerman with a brainwave scanner on. Yep, to measure scientifically against a control of us just watching a Batman episode, because <laughs> we're all about science here. Ah, that's awesome. Ravenkind, thank you very much. It sounds like you actually had a, a, a good time. and uh, yeah. it, Science isn't always fun, but no. I'm glad it could be fun for you this time. Yeah, you seem to, I don't know if you enjoyed it, but you got something positive out of it. So yes. that's something. So we did some science. You know who else is about science, who's about math, who's about time? What's that? It's the Clock King, Temple Fugit. That's right. We watched the Clock King. I think that was just the title, right? Yeah, just the Clock King. That's it. <laughs> well, good for them. Yeah. <laughs> Cut right to the chase. Yep. So we, we open up on Temple Fugit, our, our bowler-hatted efficiency expert. He's in his, his natty suit. He's getting on to the subway train. It's covered in graffiti. And he's, he's making small talk with, at the time, not mayor. He just calls him Hill. Right. Uh, I think his first name's Hamilton. Hamilton Hill. Hamilton Hill. They ride the same train every morning and have for some very specific amount of time. Yeah, I don't I remember just, exactly, but yeah, he like, has it down from like year, yeah, to the day. month, minute, second. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And Hill points out, you know, you seem even more highly strung than usual. And that is saying something because this this Temple Fugit, as he's known, he is just the most straight ahead nothing but business yeah yeah he knows you know like this takes six minutes to do yeah why didn't i get this file it's so yeah he's he's all about time he's an efficiency expert so yep and he's he's consulting with some law firm that we're not really privy to the exact details but he's he's very especially high strung today because he has to go to an important court hearing that could cost his firm 20 million dollars yeah and Hill tells him, you know, just relax, man. What do you do? You take a coffee break, of course, every day at 3 p.m. <laughs> and Hill tells him, you know what? Break your routine. Take it at 3.15 today and take it outside. Relax. You'll feel better. You'll come across better to the judge. And Hill says, take it from me. I'm a lawyer. I know these things. Yep. And we see Fugit, he goes in, he's barking at his assistant, I expected this three minutes ago. But he, he takes a deep breath, he decides to relax, I'm going to try Mr. Hill's advice. 
probably not good to do it on a day like today. <laughs> uh, so he goes, takes his coffee break, and yep, everything takes it that to the could, park. Yeah, anything that could have gone wrong did. Yep, gets hit by a volleyball by some kids, <laughs> drops his papers, they blow away in the wind, and in a great piece of comedic animation, he's chasing one last paper which falls into a fountain. He's reaching for it, and a little dog comes up behind him and barks. And startles him and he drops into the fountain with all of his papers. And then uh, we cut to him in the courtroom. He is covered in water. Uh, Getting puddle. chewed out by the judge. <laughs> uh, we're going to give the $20 million to the people that are suing your company. Yep. And uh, he's like, no, it'll ruin me. And the judge says, maybe this will teach you to be on time. For a change. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and this whole court scene is so well done because it's it's played as almost like a fantasy dream sequence. The judge is looming larger than mm-hmm. life. Yeah. This is, you can feel Fugit's nervous breakdown as it's happening here. It's beautiful. The camera zooms in on him and he looks right into the camera and says, no. So, <laughs> zooms into his mouth. <laughs> beautiful piece of facial animation. Just the the sheer. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the despair on his face is, oh, it's so well done. And then we cut to, I believe, seven years Seven later? years later. Yeah, the the lawyer in Hamilton Hill is now Mayor Hill, and we cut to the intersection of Second and Wiesner, and this name Wiesner shows up conspicuously a couple of times, so I was good podcast Ben, and I looked it up. Keith Wiesner is one of the main background designers on this show. Oh, okay. Yeah, they decided to throw, throw him a little... Throw him in the background. Yeah, yeah. So it's... And not only... I might have thought, well, he was a designer. He could have just put his own name in there. But no, it was in the script. It's in dialogue a couple of times. Oh, all right. They decided they liked this guy so much. He was such a key part of the show. The script writers wanted to you know, just throw him a little Easter egg That's there. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I thought right. that was a, a nice <laughs> little touch. But... At this intersection, the traffic signals have gone haywire. Bruce Wayne's being driven in his limo by Alfred. Gets into a little fender bender because nobody's sure who has the right of way. Yep. And a a big... And Mr. Hamilton Hill is there too. And the the other driver in the fender bender sees him. Ah, that's, that's why everything goes wrong in this city because of Hill. Mayor over the hill. Ah, ah, I get it. You get it? <laughs> because of course... Uh, mayors are personally responsible for traffic signals. That's right. He didn't know. Uh, <laughs> but uh, lo and behold, there is a shadowy figure that's on top of a building, pulls yep. out a device to detonate, which you would think would be a bomb. It does, uh, a bunch of explosions happen, but it's actually a giant poster. Yeah, it's like fireworks that release this giant poster unfurls with like a graffitied face of hill. Mm, tongue sticking out, devil yeah. horns. You know, like so you draw. So childish, over, yeah. Yeah, you know, like that That uh, one, you know. Yeah, it's like when you draw a mustache yeah, on somebody's picture. You've had a yearbook and that one dick you hated, you'd, yep. you know, mess with their face. So <laughs> same idea. <laughs> yep. So, But Bruce notices this and decides to investigate, does his quickie change into Batman, gets up on the roof. And it is, we recognize Temple Fugit made up. I really like his... It's such a minimal change between his civilian identity and his supervillain identity. Yeah. The only thing that's different is he has spectacles, which are round and have like clock hands yep. on them. Set to three o'clock. Yep. And he's also <laughs> got a cane that looks like the hand of a clock. And yep. that's it. Yep. Other than that, 
entirely the same. And uh, he 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 um he's expecting Batman. Yep. Batman shows up. He's like, ah, <laughs> it's about time. <laughs> I hope you like time puns. There will be a lot of there's them. There's time plenty for this. Yep. Um, <laughs> this is no time to argue about time. We don't have the time. <laughs> you can set your watch by yes. them. <laughs> Which he he doesn't set a watch. He throws a watch at Batman, which explodes, which is a fun. There's a lot of fun clock gimmicks in this episode. Yep. Yeah. He's got uh, pocket watches that yeah. he spins around. And ironically, he seems so much more relaxed now that he has gone fully insane than he ever did when he was quote unquote sane. Well, he's lost it all. He's got nothing to lose now. Yeah, so. He is confident. Yeah. His, his body language, his posture says... All of this is according to plan. Yep. And uh, Batman is about to, you know, try to get him. And uh, he says, just so you know, the 906 train? The 915 train is always six minutes early. Does a back roll off of the building onto, it turns out, an elevated train that is... He knows because he's the master of scheduling. We'll be going by at exactly that moment. And Batman kind of in shock and probably horror because he thought the guy was committing suicide. <laughs> yeah. But he looks over and he sees him take off. And that's when Batman's like, oh, OK, this guy. Yeah, uh, this guy's going to be a problem. So. Yeah. So, yeah, Batman does his little investigating. He goes to whatever control center, controls the traffic signals and finds the device that was used to hack into them which includes a very specific model, a very expensive watch. Mm -hmm. So expensive, $6,000. Yep. I'm assuming that Fugit being obsessed with time must have already owned this watch before he lost everything, lost his job. Yeah, it could be. I I can't imagine him spending $6,000 on a watch after losing this $20 million settlement. (laughs) But it is so expensive, it has a unique serial number that Batman is able to trace to Fugit, is able to find an address that he he searches. All of this is kind of a red herring. Yeah, Because yeah. the way he actually tracks down Fugit is there's a blackout, which he realizes, oh, this is suspicious because this would also affect the banks. Right. Uh, I kind of like this because in this time you've got Alfred who's constantly driving. Yep. You've got Batman in the backseat and the two are working together. Yep. They're solving these problems. Batman's clicking into his keyboard, uh, a personal computer in the back of his car. Yep. Alfred's yeah, got which, headphones. and yeah, that's, that's the other thing I noticed. Another nice 90s-ism is that yeah. <laughs> you, can, you can tell that Fugit was very successful uh, as an efficiency expert, because he owned a laptop computer yeah. in the early 90s. Yeah. And it looks like a laptop computer that you would have in the early 90s. Right. Uh, a f- friend of mine's, uh, a former girlfriend's dad owned, I think, the same model that they're showing here. <laughs> this is like military issue. You can drop one of these things off a building and it, it'll be fine. And it's cool. It's uh, I really enjoyed the Alfred uh, Batman dynamic in this episode. Yeah, it's always Batman needs somebody to bounce off of. Sometimes it's Gordon. Sometimes it's Robin. Yeah. I always enjoy when it's Alfred. Yeah, it, was, it was like. Uh, uh, a detective story driving Miss Daisy. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> uh, so Batman shows up to the bank. Yep, where he's he's figured out, okay, there's this blackout happening, which will disable the, the time locks. Ah! Yep. He, but 
Fugit is not interested in in money. This nope. is just a trap to get Batman out of the way while he does the rest of his dastardly plot. The uh, uh, safe. Yeah. He's in this big safe. The door slams shut. He has a gas mask on. Oh, we forgot to mention everyone has been gassed, so they're all knocked out. Yeah. He's got a gas mask on. So Fugit kind of knew this was going to happen so he's sucking all the air out of the safe yep and he's he's done this wonderful thing that i i i love he's <laughs> he's left a recording that predicts all of batman's moves he says i know you've got all kinds of gas masks but that won't help you when there's no air in the room yeah by the way just as batman's pulling out a torch to burn through the door the air will be gone in 17 minutes, which is about 13 minutes longer than it will, or shorter than it will take you <laughs> to burn through the door. <laughs> but of course, Batman, being the resourceful man that he is, breaks open the case. Fugit also tells him, by the way, don't bother tampering with the pumps. There's a vibration-sensitive bomb inside. Yep. Batman decides to, to use the cassette tape. Okay, for you children in the audience, cassette <laughs> tapes are <laughs> it's actual tape inside yes tape uh, like uh like as in masking tape a long reel of turns out batman is able to break it open and rig up a ad hoc pulley system to get he he stacks up i think are just bags of bills yep, yep. makes himself a little fort in the time that he has to protect himself from the explosion yeah, it's on like the a world opposite, war yeah. two world war one Bunker. yeah exactly <laughs> pretty creative yeah uses his pulley system with the cassette tape to, without jostling it too much, get the bomb over to the vault door and then uses a batarang to explode, to detonate it. Yep. And it works with only seconds to spare. But while Batman is doing all of this, Fugit, the clock king now, is sabotaging Mayor Hill's dedication of Gotham Central Station. Yeah, uh, yeah. Two trains, they... Well, he was supposed to unveil the station, and the yep. train was supposed to come in. Uh, Fugit had switched the lines so that two trains collide with each other. Yep. Uh, in the kind of chaos, a police officer runs to Commissioner Gordon and says, "Everyone's okay." Yeah. And Commissioner o- only Gorn, minor injuries, thank God. <laughs> yeah, and Commissioner Which, Gordon's how, like, "Where's Hill? How do you know this? You have had no time." Did you <laughs> notice he like ran straight onto him and like grabbed him by the arms? Uh-huh. Like it was almost like, "I love you, man." He was just gonna <laughs> give him a, eh, like the biggest hug. <laughs> Everything's fine. Nobody's dead. But uh, Commissioner yeah. Gordon's like, "Yeah," hey, which I base on absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, Commissioner Gordon. <laughs> uh, so Hill is missing. Obviously, Clock King used this as a distraction, and we cut to the 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 uh, tower clock. Yep, the clock tower where Hill has been has been tied to the hour hand. Yep, the and the minute hand. The, so the hour hand's at three. The minute hand is coming closer and closer. At three fifteen, the hands will meet, and Hill gets squished. Correct. And this is where uh, Clock King reveals that, hey, do you remember me? My name? Yeah. I'm ruined because of your good advice. And that's when he's like, oh, my God. Yeah. He even says, oh, my God. <laughs> really? You're blaming me on, on your misfortune? Uh, yeah, it so- turns out Hill's, Hill's law firm was was representing the other side of Fugit's lawsuit. And so Fugit suspects that Hill must have done it all on purpose just to screw him up. Right. 
you know, it's it's he's it's yeah, he's paranoid. Exactly, is what it comes down to. He'll and I believe he'll hear. He was just trying to be nice to yeah. somebody. To a chance encounter on this train. We've seen Mayor Hill as a dick before. He wasn't being a dick this time. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so the, the the hands are going to come together, and then I'll squash him good. Yep. Uh-huh. Batman shows up. We get a, a fairly, fairly standard, big, silly third-act set piece, but very well done. It's It's... I wish this was in a video game level, mm. like maybe one of the Arkham games or something like that, because there's gears... Um, Batman has to like go down these uh, like spinning sprockets and there's chains and conveyor belts. It's yeah, it's gorgeous. What was the background designer's name? Wiesner? Uh, Wiesner. Yeah. Wiesner. Wiesner. I don't know if he was involved with this episode, but everything in this clock tower, it's menacing. It's, it's dark. It's, it, it works. It's just well done and intricate. Yeah. And, and just fun. Yeah. Just there's there is a sense of fun in this episode that I appreciate so much. Yes, yes. But yeah, long story short, they have a big elaborate fight scene in the interior of this clock tower. Batman tricks uh, the clock king into the clock king thrusts at him with his sword clock hand cane. Batman ducks, dodges, and the cane goes in between two gears, which gums up the works. Apparently, this is all it takes to bring the entire mechanism yes. crashing down, which is ridiculous, but who cares? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the uh, the hands kind of come down. Uh, Hill is falling. Batman is able to rescue him. Clock King is laughing hysterically. And then a, a giant sprocket falls. I laughed out loud. I yeah. thought that that it, was... It looks to all... <laughs> For for all appearances, it looks like Clock King must have died. But Batman and Gordon are having their little denouement. Do you think he lived? And Batman has no doubt in his mind. If I could get out of there, so could he. I don't think we've seen the last of him. I, it looked like he died to me. Yeah. But spoilers, kids, he does yeah. come back. So, uh, But yeah, that is the Clock King. That is the Clock King. Kenny, did this episode hold up? Yes, it did. Yeah, I... I remembered this episode being just a lot of fun, and it is. The The plot is pretty simplistic. It's pretty campy and ridiculous, but the Clock King as a villain is such a fun presence. Yeah, it's... Uh, oh, uh, the voice of the Clock King. <laughs> yeah, I'm embarrassed, but did you ever watch a show? And it's okay if you didn't, because it was called Dharma and Greg. Okay, I know I know of it. I'm sure I caught an episode here and yeah, there. Yeah. So Dharma's dad is the voice. <laughs> uh, it looks well, nothing like the character design, but yes, he is the voice of the Clock King. Well, he does a wonderful job. <laughs> <laughs> he embodies this character Now let's so well. never speak of Dharma and Greg again. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't recall it as being a very good show. But it was the nineties. Yeah. Uh, but that was great. The the direction is great. There's some really great Dutch angles and very expressive, very colorful. And the music's pretty good too. I'm thinking mm-hmm. here especially of the final climactic fight scene. There is a song. I'll have to see if I can find it. But if you notice, there are some bells in the it's it's pretty standard, you know, in the style of Danny Elfman, dun 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 dun. dun. But there are some bells that sound like clock bells right. in the mix that it's great. It's I was, awesome. It's funny you mentioned that. I was kind of wondering if this was to be a live action movie. I could totally see 
Tim Burton right off the bat with the explosions and the giant poster falling down with mm-hmm. the drawn on face. I immediately thought of Tim Burton. I don't know why, but it was just it felt like of that era. Yeah, so, a very theatrical touch, exactly of, of the sort that Tim Burton was always very fond. Nowadays, of. if someone were to push a device, it'd be a big explosion and take a shot and collapsing yeah. and and cars flying in there everywhere and Michael Bay fiercely masturbating in the corner. <laughs> and so it was nice to see this explosion and all it was was a joke poster fall down. It was a nice, you know, like you said, it was campy, but yeah. done well, executed well. Yeah, and just the this this character who is so intelligent and so neurotic and so crazy, just also being so childlike yeah. in his... The way his revenge, it does ultimately come down to murder. Yes. But everything leading up to that was just ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. It, worthy of the Joker, this plot yeah. was. <laughs> it's, it's, it, you know, it's campy, but... Uh, yeah, in in the best possible sense yes. of the word. All right. But there's nothing campy about science, Kenny. No. Science is serious business. Yeah. And it's time to get down to the serious business of some science right here. I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm... I don't think I'm quite ready yet. I think there's something we need to do first. Wait, hold on. How do let we me, how do we prepare for science put, here? Let me throw you one real quick. Oh, couch. There you oh, go. Thank you. All right. Lab coats on. Lab coats on. Pants is off. off. All right. We've got 22 episodes, soon to be 23. Woo! 21 of them are Batman. Woo! Only one of them is Hammerman. Woo! <laughs> they are in order from best to least best. I'm not going to say worse, because they're all pretty good, except for one or two. Yeah. <laughs> Two-Face, See No Evil, Cat in the Claw, Beware the Grey Ghost, Heart of Ice, Pretty Poison, The Forgotten, Joker's Favor, Feet of Clay, Vendetta, The Last Laugh, Nothing to Fear, On Leather Wings, Christmas with the Joker, Fear of Victory, POV, Prophecy of Doom, Be a Clown, It's Never Too Late, The Underdwellers, Nobody's Perfect, and I've Got Batman in My Basement. Let's see here. Is this episode, The Clock King, better or worse then number two, see no evil. See no I, evil is still better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Worse is is such a such a harsh judgmental word. I would say good, but not as good. Yes, yes. I see concur. no evil has almost everything that the Clock King does well. See no evil does just as well, but the stakes feel higher and the emotional impact is higher. Yeah, but. Being not as good as number two is is still pretty good. That's Let's see true. if the Clock King is better or worse than number 15, Fear of Victory. Oh, that one's better. Yeah, Clock King's better. Fear of Victory was fine. It's, it's you know, it's close to the middle of the list for a reason. Yeah, it, Clock King had a lot of... Uh, simplicity to it that well actually fear of victory did too scarecrow just wanted money yeah yeah both of them are pretty well they're they're simple in their motivations yeah the the clock king's his whole plot here was actually kind of intricate in a fun pulpy way and we got the whole uh driving miss daisy stuff which was fun yeah all right is the clock king better or worse than number seven the forgotten I feel like this one's pretty close. I think I would still rate The Forgotten a little bit higher. Just because they both have... They're both kind of bright, expressive episodes. 
they can both be a little campy. The Forgotten more more with its villain who is just ridiculous. Yeah. But I actually cared about Riley in The Forgotten. It it managed to pull the heartstrings a little and deal with some social issues at least a little bit. Yeah, that's uh, that was pretty much what I was going to say. This uh, this one wasn't really serious, but Forgotten actually tried to bring up social issues. So. Yeah, yeah, it, Forgotten. It, yeah, it, it and it balanced them well with the comic relief. Whereas this was, I mean, its comic relief was very very well done, but that's kind of it's what it was the whole way through. The Clock King was just a goofy, funny, fun episode. Yeah. yeah. All right. Is The Clock King better or worse than number nine, Feet of Clay? Feet of Clay, I mean, the first thing that I always think about when we bring up Feet of Clay is that gorgeous set piece at the end with the morphing and the animation. But it's easy to forget that Feet of Clay had a good, you know, 35 minutes before we got to that. Yeah, that's true. And it was pretty uneven. The Clock King was just a solidly put together 22 minutes all the way through. So the highs of Feet of Clay are are probably higher. I think Feet of Clay was better. I think it was better just because um, the character performances, the voice performances, mm-hmm. there was more... Um, let's see here. So I believe Ed Asner was in that. Yep. We had Ed um, Asner. We had Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman. Whoever played Teddy. Um, you got Lucius. Fa- yeah. I think there was more substance behind the performances in that, but I will say I like the music better in a clock King. Yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. These, I, I think it's a slim margin, but I, yeah. I think I'm good with, with feet of clay coming out higher on the yeah. list yeah but we're getting there this yeah we're, we're, we're getting close we're, we're getting, getting close getting here. down all right is the clock king better or worse than number 14 christmas with the joker ha huh. <laughs> <laughs> i i think i've got to give it to clock king here i love how you look at me when whenever christmas the joker I, comes out it's, it's that one in the last <laughs> laugh that i know are personal favorites <laughs> You have that look in your eye like... Oh, we're going to have to night fight? (laughs) (laughs) I will concur. The Clock King is better than Christmas (laughs) to the Jokers. All right. (laughs) The side-eye. Side-eye Creighton over here. (laughs) Is the Clock King better or worse than... Number 13 on Leather Wings. I, I think I will give it to the Clock King here for having. It's a silly motivation, but it is a motivation. Yeah, it's revenge. Yeah, the revenge stories are. They're. Um, I I really like revenge stories. Have we talked about John Wick? Uh, we haven't, and I have not seen any of. I know they're highly regarded. I have not seen those films. I haven't seen the third, and I'm not saying they're Shakespeare. But mm-hmm. one of the reasons why I think the first one did so well, mm-hmm. guy was just pissed his dog was killed. Yeah. That's it. That's the stand. <laughs> so sometimes revenge tales are just they're, they're that's all you need. Yeah. Yeah, and I I my understanding is that John Wick is one of those revenge tales where you're you're meant to empathize, you know, like cuz <laughs> lots of us have had beloved pets and and we, you know, it's it's kind of that's that's why they call those revenge revenge fantasies. Right. You know, we 
we imagine ourselves like, wouldn't it be cool if I were such a badass that I could take revenge yeah. on on somebody who's wronged me? I think the Clock King is is less about that. We're not meant to see ourselves in the Clock King, right? But it's it's just. It's fun. He's already pretty cartoonish. Yeah. He's he's just ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, yeah. So clocking, I think yeah, I agree. Alright. So we're we're slowly but surely zeroing in on it. Is the Clock King better or worse, speaking of those ones that get the side eye, oh, no. than number 11, <laughs> The Last Laugh? Uh. And I, I'm going to argue that it's better. The Last Laugh is fun. It's got, it's got Captain Clown, who is, who is a fun presence, but we get so little of Captain Clown. And, and the, we get, like, the Clock King, Temple Fugit, is such a fun presence, and he is a presence throughout this episode. Yes. If the last laugh had been nothing but Captain Clown the whole time, <laughs> if we could get 22 solid minutes of Captain Clown. <laughs> yeah, I agree. The Clock King is better. Because oh. it's pretty zany, the yep. uh, last lap. It's pretty zany. This one, not so zany. All right. In that case, we've got only one more decision to make. Is the Clock King better or worse than number 10, Vendetta? I think, yeah. I think, yeah. I think a little bit better. I think the animation is better in Vendetta, though. Yeah. The, well, I think the atmosphere is better in Vendetta. And yeah, maybe the animation, too. It's got, you know, the rain and the lighting. Well, yeah. The Clark King has, it's the camera work that is, it, it does a lot with like zooms and Dutch angles. Yeah. So they both have their strengths, but, you know, visuals wise, but character wise, I like the Clock King better because Killer Croc, he's not as, you know, just one dimensional and dumb as he'll get later, but he's still, eh. Yeah, he's, but his is a simple revenge story too. Yeah, I just I just plain like the Clock King better. I like his design oh, I better. I don't blame you on that. I like his voice better. <laughs> I like like there's you sort of get get a window into his particular brand of insanity, yep. which is a uniquely Batman brand of just a guy has you know, it's it's like the Joker always says, it's just one bad day. Yeah. <laughs> Clock King had one bad day. that's all day. it took. Yep. Snapped him like a toothpick, and he just went off the wall. So, yes. Yeah, whereas Killer Croc's just a thug at yeah. the end of the day. Yeah, he was never good. All right. So, Clock King coming in. There it is. At the new number 10. That was a lot of science we just did. Yeah. You know, sometimes we get it right away. It's like, boom, boom. But this one, yeah, we really had to narrow it down. So, Woo. Clock King just barely breaking that top 10 in our new list of 23. Oh, man. But let's see what we've got Good next for time. him. I'm glad. I'm, yeah. I'm actually, I'm really pleasantly. Yeah. Good. I don't, I don't know if, you know, once, once we're done with, with all hundred and change episodes, I don't know if he will stay in the top yeah, 10. Things happen. Cause it only takes one episode coming in above him to knock right. him down out. But I, I'm glad he could get some time. Exactly. Some time in the sun. But we will see if he gets knocked out of the top 10 next week when we have an appointment in Crime Alley. Oh, okay. I so tell me tell me what you remember of this. This is a grown-up episode. This is for yeah. the parents. I remember that. I remember it being Is this the one Is this the one where Gordon winds up in the hospital or is that a different one? I think this one it, it, there's a bomb that's going to go off and I think um 
Oh, gosh. Leslie Tompkins is involved, I believe. Yeah, I think you're right. I I don't know. I have I have only vague recollections of this one and any particular thing like, was this the one where Gordon it looks like he's going to die? I don't know. Was this the one with Leslie Tompkins? I, I might be mixing any of these things up I'm with another sure episode. I'm pretty sure it's the Leslie, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I don't know. But, of course, Crime Alley is famously... That is where Thomas and Martha Wayne were killed. So this is another one of those that delves into Batman's tragic backstory. This isn't an action figure serial one. This is one that's a little more, uh, we'll say, uh, atmospheric. All right. Well, we'll see where it ranks next week. In the meantime, Kenny, where can folks find you on the Internet? You can find me at Weiske TV on the uh, YouTube, Instagram and Facebook. And you can find me at HBI2K on Twitter or twitch.tv slash Ben Creighton. And you can always find us on anchor.fm slash batrankings, where you can subscribe to us on whatever podcatcher you like. You can hit the support button and donate one, five, or ten dollars a month to keep us on the air. Pay for that that gash that we spend. Because you live in Tucson, I live in the Phoenix area. <laughs> it's a good hour and a half drive for one or one or the other of us anytime we do these. But we do it gladly because it's so much fun. It is fun. I yeah. wish you guys were here right now. This is great. <laughs> uh, we're in Ben's apartment right now. We got a bunch of monitors and yep. uh, we got the, the sound equipment. The, when we were listening to, uh, what was it, Fine? Yeah. Oh, Ravenkind. Ra- yeah. Ravenkind. Uh, he pushed a button on his laptop and like the surround sound of your voice, Ravenkind. <laughs> it kind of spooked me. I was like, what the hell was that from? <laughs> yeah, I forgot I had my laptop Bluetooth into a speaker in the other room. So it's coming from way over there. It was cool. But I was like, oh, shit, who's behind me? <laughs> no, that was cool. And thank you very much, Ravenkind, too. That yeah. was cool. Thank you very much. Yes. And if you, like Ravenkind, would like to do some homework for us, do some science with us and watch some Hammerman, you can leave us a voice message on anchor.fm slash bat rankings slash message. That link will be in the show notes if if you'd rather not type all that out. If you'd rather just click the link, <laughs> it'll be right there. All right. Kenny, I had fun this week. Did you have fun this week? I did. Thank you. All right. Let's do it again next week. Sweet. <laughs>